0: Hey everybody, welcome back to Connect. I'm your host Andy Hale. I am so looking forward to this conversation with Jessica Snyder is with us today. And if you'd have told me a year ago, two weeks ago, I'd be on a podcast, with a woman who was a spiritual medium, I would have said, what are you talking about? (laughs) I've never heard of a spiritual medium. I don't know how I could ever be in a podcast interviewing somebody who's a spiritual medium. But here I am. And Jessica, I talked last week about the backstory to how I started Connect, which all ties back really to meeting you. Good morning, it's so good to see you.
1: <laughs> Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: I got a million questions. <laughs> uh, let's just start with this. What is a spiritual medium? Tell the tell the listeners, like basically explain what that is
1: yeah so a spiritual medium you know is is probably synonymous with a psychic medium <laughs> we can do the same things um, but the reason I choose to use the word spiritual medium instead of psychic medium is because usually when we think of a psychic medium we think of someone who connects only to um, our loved ones who have passed away and while this is something that I am capable of it's not my favorite Avenue of connecting I tend to prefer to connect to spirit guides which are a little bit different than our loved ones who have passed away. And so um, it is, I guess it's an individual who has quote unquote psychic abilities. You know, I I find that to be a bit of one of those words that maybe people find somewhat triggering, but (laughs) I do have psychic abilities, abilities to connect with um, the beings who live in the spiritual realms who we can't see visually with our eyes, but who live kind of just beyond the 3D realm.
0: So what is a spirit guide? Explain what that is.
1: Yeah. So that's like the money question, right? (laughs) Um, And so a spirit guide, first of all, I'll say it's part of source energy, source, the universe, God, whatever sort of word feels comfortable for you. Um, But, you know, sort of we as humans, we can't really contemplate what does that mean to talk directly to God, like that doesn't work in our mind. And so, you know, there's, it's almost like it's a piece of source that kind of comes through in a form or a figure, and it's assigned directly to us and its job is to help you along your path, your path and your purpose in this lifetime. So if we sort of have the understanding that we sort of incarnate over and over again, you know, um, until we have all the experiences that we want to have in over many lifetimes, we sort of decide in each lifetime beforehand, you know, these are the things that I need to accomplish, these are the things that I want to do. And your spirit guide is there to sort of keep you on your path, to keep you on track. Because when we do kind of come through, most of us, you know, we choose amnesia, essentially. If we were to remember all of our lives <laughs> from all of our past lives up until now, you know, we would probably all be in the loony bin because that's way too many memories, way too much to to hold on to. So we do forget. And so our spirit guide is really there to kind of keep us on track, to help us remember who we really are, and what we're here to do this time around.
0: Okay. I got, I mean, really my mind is just racing and I explained this last week how, and I want to reiterate this to people. I didn't have any experience with this before meeting Jessica. I've always been a very, I think, spiritual person. I've always, I think, believed I had a certain intuitive ability. So all those things already kind of resonated with me. But when you say uh, we have a spirit guide, so Do we all just have like a singular spirit guide, like essentially assigned to us, or is it more than one?
1: So this is a question that I seem to kind of contemplate a little bit because, you know, it feel, when I work with a client, you know, I will often see different spirit guides as they grow and change over time. So the way that I used to describe it is that you have one main spirit guide and this is sort of the guide who sticks with you from before you were born all the way to the end of your life. And they're sort of concerned about your overall wellness and that you're generally on, you know, following your path and purpose. And then it sort of seems like as you start of walk through new lessons, or you know, learn new things, up level in some way, grow and change. Um, sometimes your main spirit guide will call in other beings to help you along the way, to help you sort of take on a new you know, personality trait or a new new characteristic. What I don't know for sure is, is it a different guide that's coming through or is it your main guide sort of showing up in a different way, appearing in a different way? Because remember that it's energy, right? And it doesn't really take on a physical body the same way we do. So it can show up in whatever way, shape or form it feels is most necessary to the messages it needs to deliver to you. So while I wish I had the answer, is it one or is it many? I don't know. It could be the same one that's changing shape and form, or it could be that you have a main one and then there are hundreds of others who come through as you grow and change. And I don't exactly have the answer to that one.
0: So, you know, in a situation like, let's take me for example, I scheduled a session with you and you channeled my spirit guide and basically gave me all these different just pieces of advice that my spirit guide was telling me, one of which was I really needed to lean into, I guess teach, maybe this is the word, teaching people or instructing people that they've got the power to basically shape their life. You know, you have, each of us has the power to affect the life we live. It's not like we're on autopilot. It's not like we're born with a resume and that that's just what, who we're gonna be the rest of our life. Um, and that's, that was the main message that came out to me. But my question is this I only got that message because I had a session with you and you channeled this from my spirit guide. And I'm I already ready. I consider myself a very kind of spiritual, intuitive person. I hadn't gotten that message. Now I had started a podcast already in the true crime world. But so for most people, it just sounds like are most people not connecting with their spirit guide or? Are their actions being influenced by their spirit guide? They just don't really realize it.
1: Yeah, so this is the beautiful thing about spirit guides is they are working for you and helping you along the way, whether you're aware of them or not. The question is how radical of a wake-up calls do they need to give you if you're going off of your path? And if you're listening to them, the path that you can walk along, right, your life actually ends up being a lot smoother. And so the way that a spirit guide will work is they're working in the background all of the time and, and they're sending you messages all day long. The question is, are you paying attention? And those, those sort of ways that they're speaking to you, it's usually through your body. It's usually through physical things. So, you know, people get a gut feeling all the time, but then they rationalize away all of the reasons why they shouldn't listen to that gut feeling, right? They have so many, you know, especially, you know, if people have, if they have a people pleasing tendency, right? But what will my mom say? What will my parents say if I don't fall, you know, if I follow this or, you know, something tells you not to go to that party tonight? Oh, but I don't want to disappoint my friend, right? We tend to kind of allow our mind to jump in and tell us all of the reasons why we shouldn't listen or override that gut instinct. But if we do listen to that gut instinct, you know, and we pay attention to it, that's sort of where the magic happens, right? And we can start to see the beautiful magical results that happen when we start to listen to that little voice in the back of our head. But if we're not listening and we kind of ignore those gut feelings, then our spirit guides kind of take slightly more radical measures. They, you know, we talk about those little whispers, I call them like little pebbles. And then if you don't listen to that, then they'll throw little rocks at you. And then if you don't (laughs) listen to that, they'll throw boulders at you and then rip the rug right out from under you. And so, you know, maybe the next step is that, you're getting sick all the time. Well, that's a big indication that you're not in alignment. If your body is literally screaming at you, take a break or this doesn't feel good, it's going to show you that you shouldn't be doing it and force you to take pauses and take take breaks, right? So this can look like a physical injury. This can also look like getting sick. That's what happened to me when I was teaching. I would get sick every three weeks. Like, you could mark it on the calendar. It was so bad. If If you still don't listen to those calls of this isn't your path, move over, like find your path, then you start to get the bigger wake up calls. And this can look like a bigger health scare, right? For for some people, this can look like, you know, a really big health scare. Um, not to say that it's anybody's fault for getting cancer. There's many reasons to get cancer. But a lot of people will argue that, you know, that was their wake-up call. That was what forced them to turn their life around, right? And make a change. Um, sometimes it's a physical injury. For me, that was getting into a car accident and a ski accident in the same two weeks, <laughs> right? Um, and so there's sort of this, or for some people, it's a job loss, right? Suddenly they lose their job and they have to reevaluate everything. Thing. And so your spirit guides are working in the background. If you're not listening, they're going to create sort of circumstances where you have no choice but to sort of wake up, realign, reassess, and reevaluate. The question is, if you're if you are listening to those little whispers, then you then you know you're choosing to not have to have such big life changing you know wake up calls. You get to have a little bit of a smoother ride.
0: <laughs> well, I I kind of jumped ahead here, you know, right off the bat, and was asking about. What is a spiritual medium? What is a spirit spirit guide? Let's let's go back to the beginning. Um, I think people are going to want to know, basically, you know, who you are and how you got to where you are. So, uh, you live in Toronto, Canada?
1: Yeah, just outside of Toronto. Yeah,
0: I know from listening to your podcast session with with Monica Burkhoff on Confidence Council, which is a great podcast. Everybody should check that out. Um, I heard your backstory, but I want you to tell it again. You were a school teacher and tell me, kind of walk through your, your journey from being a school teacher in Toronto area to now being a full time um, spiritual medium. Let's let's walk through that process.
1: Yeah. So I think that people would be pretty surprised to know that this is not a gift that I knew about my entire life, that I just, you know, was a kid walking around looking at spirits. And you know, this was really, I was really a regular average person. (laughs) Um, I, I never imagined myself doing anything else but being an elementary school teacher. It's, I loved working with children and I really never imagined anything else. And it wasn't until I actually started teaching, um, you know, and doing sort of practical things when I was in teacher's college, that I started to get these little whispers of maybe this isn't for me, something about this doesn't feel right. And I ignored those for the same reasons that most people ignore them when they're, you know, going through college or university and, and heading on a career path, right? They want to please their family. They, they know what's expected of them. Society expects you to get a good, decent job and, you know, become independent. And so for me, even though I had these inklings already that maybe this wasn't the path for me, I continued forward. And I went and I got a teaching job and um, I, taught, I taught seventh grade in a French immersion school. And... I continued to feel like this isn't right. This can't be it for me, right? And again, as I talked about, sort of those little whispers turned into bigger rocks, right? Things that, situations that came through that made me feel more uncomfortable about being in that position. And so every year it would get more and more challenging to be a teacher. I would have a really challenging colleague and then a really challenging principal. Um, And then a really challenging class and an even more challenging schedule. And every time I was going to work, you know, slowly, slowly over time, I was becoming more and more miserable (laughs) Um, and more and more anxious as well, right? It felt like my body was screaming at me, like, get out, don't do this. This isn't for you. And again, I couldn't picture anything else, right? Myself doing anything else. So I just continued along. And so there was one day where it was a particularly snowy, icy day and I was running late for work and I was probably speeding a little bit, but I, my car hit some, some black ice and I went spinning and my car slammed into the side of a snowy or an icy snowbank, And it was bad enough that my front right wheel came off; like it hit pretty hard. <laughs> um, so I ended up with a little bit of a concussion from from that car accident. You know, my doctor suggested that I get a couple of weeks off of work to sort of recover from my injuries. They said you can't be on screens; you've got to rest. You know, you shouldn't be driving that kind of a thing. And so this just happened to be right before Christmas break. And so it ended up being a month of downtime, right? Because you get two weeks off for Christmas. And first of all, I remember feeling so relieved to have that time off right? That's probably a good sign that I wasn't in the right job if I'm so unbelievably excited to not have to be there. And, you know, I recovered from my injuries with every intention of going back to school. And a couple of days before we were supposed to go back to school in the new year, I went skiing with some friends and fell in the most awkward way where my skis didn't release from my boots. So I went one way and my feet went the other and just tore my knee to no end. ACL, LCL, MCL, just shattered it. Yeah, it was bad. (laughs) And so, you know, HR calls me the day before we're supposed to go back to school and they said, okay, you ready to go back? How's your concussion? Concussion's fine. I've been cleared, but I'm on crutches. And they said, oh dear, okay, well, you just recovered from a concussion and now you're on crutches, you, you're a liability now. <laughs> they said, we can't have you walking around the school grounds in crutches. Um, we're going to give you some time off until, pretty much don't come back until there's no ice on the ground. Well, this is, you know, winter in Canada. <laughs> so that means essentially six months. Like In other words, they told me it's January now, you're not coming back till May because that's when there's no ice on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, again, I, at the time, yes, it sucked to have these injuries for sure. It wasn't fun to be sort of bedridden or couchridden or on crutches, but I remember being so unbelievably relieved to have this time off from work. And it was at this time that my husband said to me, he turned to me and he said, well, you said you weren't sure if you wanted to be a teacher. Maybe this is the time that you take this time to figure out what else you want to do. You've got six months, figure it out. <laughs>
0: Makes sense. Okay, so then what happens?
1: And so I started attending meditation circles because I knew I had a lot of anxiety and I needed to deal with them. And I figured that even if I can't figure this out and I do have to go back to work, I really need to figure out this anxiety thing, <laughs> right? I'm going to have to learn how to meditate or something. So I started meditating. I started attending these meditation circles and I met a really beautiful group of very, very spiritual women who I felt like a fish out of water in this setting. But I wanted to learn how to meditate. And so I continued to attend. And it was in this place where one of the women said to me, you know, if you don't know what you want to do with your life, why don't you ask your spirit guide? And I kind of went, My what now? <laughs> had, had
0: you heard that term before?
1: Never. Never. I'd never even meditated before, right? Like wow. <laughs> Um, and so, you know, I, I looked at her and went, excuse me, my what? (laughs) Right. And, and so she told me, she said, you know, there's these beings of light. They're there to, they're there to help guide you. You can ask them for signs and questions about, you know, what your path and your purpose are. And there's an app for that, like go on insight timer. There's all of these meditations where you can learn how to connect to your spirit guide and you can ask those questions and maybe it'll help you.
0: Let me pause there. So what was your reaction to hearing that? Were you like, what, what was your reaction to hearing that?
1: So I would say at this point, I had been attending those meditation circles for at least a month at that point, right? And feeling like I had never felt more relieved from my anxiety before. And something about it felt addictive, right? Like I was I was, I was, was hooked already. And so I felt like anything that these women would have said to me that could help me, I felt like I'm on board because I you know it felt like a solution. And so while it felt a little bit far out from where I was, right, someone who had just learned to meditate several weeks ago, um, I definitely was eager and, and felt like, okay, this has got to be the answer for me then.
0: Well, let me pause you there because the way, you know, when I heard about it, you know, when I, I talked about this last week in the podcast, because Monica said to me, I said, oh, I listened to a bunch of your episodes. It's a really good podcast. And she said, did you listen to the one on the spiritual medium? I intentionally skipped that one because I was like, oh, this seems a little too, you know, weird or out there. Like, I don't know what that is. Um, She's like, no, you got to listen. But you know, having listened to it, then my reaction, you know, just, just, just initially was, it just makes sense to me like that. First of all, you know, that there is spirit, that we have a soul, you know, that there's a universe, uh, all those kinds of things made sense. And To me, it just was like, hey, let's just check this out. So once these women tell you, like, check in with your spirit guide, what happens next?
1: Yeah, that's exactly what I went ahead and tried to do. I, I downloaded the app, I started listening to meditations and really sought out like and tried my very hardest to try and connect to my spirit guides. And it started slowly, but eventually I did start to receive sort of signs and messages and symbols from my spirit guides in doing these meditations that I, you know, found on online.
0: In what way? Like give me give me give us an example.
1: Yeah. So, you know, in the meditations, they kind of teach you, uh, she, she'll she talk about, you know, call in your spirit guide and then ask them for a sign that you're on the right path. And then I would see in my mind, I actually did never forget, this was probably the very first time that I was like, oh, this is real. You know, I spoke out loud to my spirit guide and I said, please give me a sign that I'm not supposed to be a teacher anymore. <laughs> and I saw in my mind's eye, similar to the way you see in your imagination, an image of a lion pop up. And I went, that's so strange, why a lion? Like, what does that mean, right? And I was thinking like, did I make that up? What is that? And um, I tried Googling it, and of course, there's a million answers for what the spiritual meaning of lion is, right? Depends on which culture you're talking about. And so I was like, all right, well, that didn't help me. (laughs) Like, thanks, thanks, but no thanks. And then I went to visit a friend two days later. And as soon as I walked in the door, her little four-year-old son grabbed me by the hand and said, Jessica, Jessica, I need to show you something. He dragged me up the stairs, And pointed to this little lion figurine that was sitting on the hall table there.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh.
1: And I, like, full body chills. And I was like, oh, my goodness. Why did you need to show me that? And suddenly he got all embarrassed and he went, I don't know. I just needed to show you that.
0: (laughs) Wow. So interesting. (laughs) And
1: that's when I was like, oh, my God. (laughs) Right? Like, that was real. The thing I saw in that meditation two days ago, that was my guide confirming for me that number one, I did see what I thought I saw. And number two, okay, not supposed to be a teacher.
0: You saw this lion like just like in your like imagination, like in your mind.
1: Yeah, in the context of the meditation, right? So I asked my guides, "Show me a sign." And in my mind's in my mind's eye is what you would call it, but yeah, kind of similar to what the way you would see something in your imagination, but maybe slightly more holographic or shimmery is the way I could describe it. And I remember thinking, like, that's so strange. Like, that's not something I would have thought of on my own to to imagine. That.
0: So this was kind of like an aha moment to you.
1: That was, it was a big aha moment. And once that happened, that kept those things like that started to continue to
0: happen. The one, when I listened to your prior podcast, the one that really seemed like a big aha moment was when you accompanied your husband to that energy healer. Tell, tell that story.
1: Yeah. So that would have been the next big step. So these little ones were sort of like it trickling in me starting to think, okay, maybe I can do this. And then, yeah. So like I said, both my husband and I had experienced a lot of anxiety and I found one of the, this, this energy healer at this meditation circle. And she said she really dealt with, um, people who had anxiety and depression that she could, she could help. And, um, so my husband said, I will go to her, but I don't believe in this woo woo stuff. So you're coming in the room with me. <laughs> and what this woman, and I was like, all right, that's fine. Um, but what this woman didn't advertise She said that she was an energy healer. She said she was a reflexologist. She never advertised that she was a psychic medium or a spiritual medium herself. That wasn't sort of how she advertised her services, but that was what she was. She had my husband on a massage table and she had me sitting on the floor next to him. You know, she had all this beautiful music, the lights were dim and she starts calling in all of these different beings. And she called them by name, Archangel this, Saint this, whatever it was, she starts calling in all of these different beings um, to come and help send healing energy to my husband. And then she starts putting her hands together. And first of all, I see, as she calls them in, I'm sitting there and I see these beings come into the room.
0: You're seeing this with your eyes.
1: With my eyes. Like sitting there in the dark. I mean the room is wow. dark, but sitting there seeing these beings come in and I'm just like gobsmacked. Like my jaw hit the floor. Wow. <laughs> and am I seeing what I think I'm seeing? And then she starts putting her hands together. And I see this ball of light appear in between her hands. You see this? I see it. I see it like a magic show in front of me. (laughs) And I see her place her hands kind of floating over my husband and the energy changes color as she puts it over different parts of my husband's body. And again, I'm just like, "I'm." are you like
0: freaking out at this
1: point? You know it's funny I you think I would be there was definitely an excitement. It was more though the energy that she called in you couldn't be anything but blissed out and super relaxed. Mm. like you couldn't experience anything beyond that because of the beings that she was calling in. It was like you're just yeah. surrounded by love right. really. Right. <laughs> so the excitement and the and sort of the the freak out po- probably happened afterwards. <laughs> And I remember, you know, she finished with my husband. My husband never felt better. And he was like, wow, I feel like a different person. And I went up to her and I said, I saw everything. And I, and then I started asking her, this being that you called in, did he look like this? Yeah, that's what he looks like. And this one, is it this color? Yeah, that's what they look like. And I said, I need to do this. I need you to mentor me. Show me how you did that. How did you call them in? How did you do that? Right? I felt, and because at that moment I had thought, It was her, and I would have only ever been able to experience it in her presence, and I wanted her to teach me how to do it on my own. I said, this is what I want to do. I need you to mentor me, and she kind of went, well, I don't know if I've done that before, but... Okay. And so I started going to visit her once a week.
0: Is she still around?
1: She's still around. She's still my mentor. I speak to her quite often. Yeah. Wow. Uh, And she was really integral to sort of building up of, you know, she'd been doing this at this point. She's, She's about 30 years my senior. And so she'd been doing this for like 25 years already at that point. And so she really showed me not only how to call them in, but how to kind of develop a spiritual practice that was sort of safe and, you know, practical and, you know, how to do this as, as a job, so to speak. So that was sort of my wake up and I would go home after these sessions and and then go and practice this thing she taught me. And, you know, then it finally came through and I finally was able to connect to my spirit guides on my own and get really clear, tangible messages. I was able to connect with my grandparents who had passed away several years years before and get really clear messages and have it confirmed by my family, you know, it it just, it snowballed from there, having had this mentor kind of in my life and showing me how to do it.
0: It's just so fascinating. Now, you did say though, as a little girl, you'd sometimes see things like you had some kind of a little bit of a unusual ability that most kids I didn't don't. Talk about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I would say that it's a it's an ability that most kids don't though. <laughs> well, maybe not. Right, would, maybe not. Yeah. I would say that actually we all come in incredibly intuitive and depending on sort of how we're nurtured and how we're socialized, you know, whether it's, whether it's sort of encouraged or discouraged will sort of determine whether or not you hold on to that ability.
0: (laughs) That's very true.
1: Yeah. And so I would say most kids, you know, from zero to seven, they're extremely intuitive. This is sort of before, because seven, around seven is sort of when that social awareness kind of starts to come in of like, what's expected of me? How do I you know, be accepted by the people around me. Um, and so until then, you kind of just live in this imaginary world, right? And it's reality and imagination are so blurred. Those lines are so blurred when you're little. Fascinating. Um, yeah. Right? Think about it, right? Yeah. And I think if, I would argue that if you were to ask any kid under seven, right, I, I encourage people to do this all the time. Go ask a kid, where were you before you came into mummy's tummy? What were you doing then? And they'll flat out tell you what their life was before that. Really? They'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, they know. Oh, man.
0: I got to go track down a four-year-old.
1: Yeah, seriously. And it, he, even my two-year-old son like tells me things that I'm just like, wow, like, that's crazy. Like, <laughs> Yeah, so I think that like, they are very intuitive, but my experience was really, I, I do remember as young as, you know, maybe as, as young as when you start to have memories, so two or three years old, you know, I remember waking up in the middle of the night and seeing these beings of light sitting at the end of my bed.
0: What did they look like?
1: Yeah, they. they I mean, now I recognize them very much as the, what I see my spirit guides as today. Like, I remembered when I connected back to them in my 20s, and I was like, oh, I remember you. You used to sit at the end of my bed, right? but it was like these holographic images like it looked like sort of people but made of shimmery light and Very, very, very kind of glittery, very golden, very, you know, beautiful, right? These beings. But I do remember at that age, right, being very young, being alone in my bedroom and being terrified that there were things sitting at the end of my bed, right? (laughs) And so I do remember sort of calling out to my parents, running to their room, being scared of it. Um, And so, you know, and my parents, like the loving, beautiful beings that they are, you know, they didn't know anything about spirit guides. So they just trapped it up to a nightmare it's okay, you just had a nightmare, go back to sleep, right? <laughs> and so that's all I ever sort of attributed it to. And, you know, when we put the term nightmare on it, well, that's something to be scared of. And so I, I can definitely say that, you know, beyond early childhood, I, I probably would have shut that down or not wanted to experience that any further. And I can't remember beyond sort of four or five years old, experiencing that again, because I found it to be scary.
0: Amazing. It's so interesting. So after you had this, another kind of aha moment at this session with your husband and the energy healer, and then she became your mentor, and then you just started trying to do what? Like, how were you trying to get better at this, essentially doing what?
1: yeah so I would go home and I would I would listen to again I would listen to meditations or she used she showed me actually some meditations that I could use on my own um, to start calling in my guides and to call them in and I also at that time was listening to a lot of different spiritual podcasts and reading a lot of books so I was pulling in resources from everywhere I could because I was so determined to ask my spirit guides if I'm not supposed to be a teacher what am I supposed to do right that was my I was so determined to get that answer and um, eventually the answer was, this is what you're supposed to do. Right. Is connect connected. Right. I loved it so much. I couldn't get enough of it, but yeah, I would, I would literally go out for these walks in nature and I would find a quiet spot and I would call in my spirit guides and I would say spirits of the light. Are you here with me? Can you please reactivate and strengthen my intuitive abilities? I, I sometimes I would pick a specific one, strengthen my seeing gifts, strengthen my hearing gifts so I can see you so I can hear you. And then I would ask a question, right? What am I supposed to do with my life or, you know, whatever. Like, what's my next great step? And wait to, to, to get that answer to come through. Or I would call in a loved one. I, was, I, I, I used to try, I found it really fascinating to connect with my great grandparents, who I was named after, right? And so I wanted to know more about her, my great grandmother. And I would call her in and she would sort of dump a bunch of information on me. And the more that I practiced that, you know, especially even with the loved ones, which is where it started for me, really, I would then call my parents or my grandparents and say, you know, was Grandma Jessie like this? Like she told me about this. And she told me about this necklace. And she told me about this. Are those things true? And I remember my, my, even my grandmother going, how would you know that? Like, I never told you that.
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. You know, I've got so much more to ask you. I think we're going to have to, we're gonna have to have you come back again, because there's just too much to talk about. This is just, this is just part one. I've got so much more. We're going to have to continue this conversation for sure.
1: Absolutely.
0: I hope you enjoyed part one of my interview conversation with Jessica Snyder spiritual medium there's going to be a lot more to talk about this stay tuned this podcast was produced by phineas ellis and studio friends design and promotion by bell and ivy i'm your host andy hale i can't wait to continue the conversation
1: thanks so much